What's your favorite scary movie? I got to go with Stab 3. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very important question that you asked, though, Matt, because would any of us survive the phone call? No, because I would have done what Drew Barrymore did. I would have been given not a hard question, but I would have got flustered and answered it incorrectly, like, who's the killer in the Friday the 13th franchise? And I would have done the same thing. It's Jason. It's like, oh, no, actually, it's his mother. It's like, fuck. And then I would have had to watch <laughs> uh, my partner be like murdered outside. And then I would be stabbed several times and hung up in a tree as well. If I remember correctly, though, we, we did do a trivia episode like a long time ago on this podcast. And Keith got destroyed by Matt in that episode. So I don't think Keith would survive a trivia phone call. Mm, Well, test it out. Let's throw like a horror related trivia question at Keith and see if we have to kill him. I think I would probably be Ghostface. (laughs) Why? Seems fun. Throwing out some trivia questions. All right, Keith. How many Nightmare on Elm Street films are there? Oh, man. I don't know that. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> A knife just flies from behind and hits Keith in the head. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three scream queens with nothing better to do. I'm Matt Johnson, and Matthew Lillard as Stu really should have won an Oscar. I'm Keith Baker, and I think Cotton Weary should have come back from the dead for this one. 100% Cotton. And I'm Austin Terry, and does anybody still answer their landlines today? On today's show, we'll be discussing the latest addition to the Scream franchise, simply titled Scream. Scream burst onto the scene in 1996, and its overwhelming success marked the return of legendary horror director and icon Wes Craven. Craven was most known in the industry for creating the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. He teamed up with Kevin Williamson, the creator of Dawson's Creek and writer of several hit 90s teen films. The two combined their sensibilities as a director and writer and created a meta horror comedy that not only was a huge success on its own, parodying the genre, but also relaunching it in its own right. The critical and financial success spawned three sequels and three seasons of a television show. Now that we've just passed the 25-year anniversary of the original, they have graced us with the fifth Scream film, which reunites our original characters along with a new crop of young characters. But with Wes Craven sadly passing away after the release of Scream 4 and the fact that Kevin Williamson is only executive producing this one, is this Scream going to feel like Scream? That is my question we're going to get into. Austin and Keith, before we get to that, though, walk me through what it was like watching the Scream movies in anticipation. This was actually my first time watching any of the sequels. I had only ever seen Scream 1. Honestly, I've never been a really huge fan of the Scream franchise. It's only until recently that I came around on Scream 1 and and really understood why people love that movie. As for the sequels, I think all of them are pretty garbage. The biggest issue I have with this franchise is I think a lot of times it's credited for being really tongue-in-cheek and meta and self-aware. And I think a lot of times uh, those aspects of this franchise outweigh the fact that a lot of it is full of really bad performances uninteresting stories, uninteresting killer motivations. Um, and, and so that's something that's always been really hard to kind of juxtapose for me with this franchise. Yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from, thinking that two, three, and four, and possibly one, just kind of the classicness of them kind of outshine the, the bad performances, like you said, or just kind of the weird storylines. I totally get it. I guess from my standpoint, I've always called myself a big Scream fan, but going through these again, I was kind of, I was kind of like, I guess I wasn't that big of a Scream fan because I couldn't remember... I couldn't remember anything from the sequels, meaning two, three, and four. 
Um, I, I guess I was really only a big fan of number one, and I'd seen the sequels, but just forgot everything about them. So it was, it was fun to go back and rewatch all of them. I had a good time with all of them, just to see what, what happens and kind of remind myself uh, how, how everything played out. But yeah, I think these movies are just, they're not, I wouldn't say they're good. I just think they're, they're, they're very entertaining. The stories are kind of simple. It's kind of fun to, to wonder what the mystery is behind who's going to be the next uh, ghost face killer and all that. Um, so just kind of, they're just fun for me, but I know they're not anything outstanding. Uh, I think they just, they fall more into the category of like, I guess just like a cult classic of our generation. Yeah, what you what you said there, Keith, about being excited about like the ghost face killer reveal and all that, that's that's the main thing that doesn't work for me and, and where a lot of the sequels falter is because none of the reveals I found particularly exciting or like smart, they all just seemed pretty predictable and, and just like they were trying to redo the magic of Scream 1 over and over and over and it really wore me down with the sequels. See, I think I I think that's what I did like about them of how, how outrageous they were and how comedic they were. Like it was Billy's mom. Mrs. Loomis. The ending of Scream 2 is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and here's Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the Scream franchise, but I've always maintained that the first one is the only, like, actual good movie. I think Scream 1 is great. Um, and in large part, I think the sequels suffer because, like you guys said, they just kept chasing that high. Scream 2, like, almost honestly kind of feels just like a, a shot-for-shot sequel just set in a different location. It's like the same beats, same everything. But I do feel like Scream 3 and 4 kind of embraced the goofiness, especially Scream 3, which obviously is about them making the movie and then the actors playing the original characters are the ones being hunted. And so I, I think even though they're not good movies, I have such a great time with them. So overall, I kind of come away after rewatching the movies feeling very good about the franchise, even though I only actually really enjoy the first one. Uh, the rest just have some fun laughs along the way, and they do some fun stuff with the original characters. But I don't think I could ever say they're good. And I'm kind of with you, Austin. I think the reveals of Ghostface just kind of get they range from nonsensical to just like a shrug. Like when they reveal that the Culkin kid is one of the killers in the fourth one, it's just like, okay, <laughs> just who cares? <laughs> but at least it's not Scream 2 where it's just like Billy's mom, who Sydney implies has like lost a lot of weight and changed her appearance somehow. <laughs> so that's how Gail Weathers didn't recognize her. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, so they definitely go for it. I mean, don't get me started on Scream 3 when Sydney's long lost brother is revealed to be the killer. <laughs> And the and the mastermind of one and two. I as well. hate that. Oh my god! I just had to give Billy Loomis a little push. It's like okay. <laughs> I think also the way it always has to be connected back to Sydney. That is a bit nonsensical for me too with the sequels and how it just keeps coming back to this one person. It's like at some point it's got to go beyond Sydney. I also kind of feel bad for Nev Campbell in the sequels because she was such like a breakout star from the first one. And none of the sequels, and we'll get to how I feel about it in Scream 5, I don't think they really use her that well. Like, in 2, they definitely made a conscious shift, maybe for the better, to make Gale and Dewey the main characters, so then Sydney just kind of feels like an afterthought. And then in 3, she's, like, not even really in the movie that much. And I think the hour mark is when she finally shows up at the police station. And then in 4, she's used more, but like you said, Austin, still, once again, it has to tie back to her. Uh, I just wish they would, like, use her better. So anyway, just a random thought. Okay, so since you guys are are pretty big fans of this franchise, at least compared to me, 
I got to know, what are some of your non-spoiler thoughts on Scream 5? Were you excited for this? Were you nervous about a reboot spiritual sequel? I definitely think this one's weaker, uh, which is it the weakest? Not sure yet. We'll have to uh, discuss that throughout the uh, the rest of the episode. But yeah, so there was definitely some high points in it for me. I think they brought back some good nostalgia um, and the characters were used, the, the, the original characters were used okay, I would say, not great. Um, and then the new characters they brought in, uh, I think definitely had some higher points to them as well. Um, and there was also some areas where they lacked. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on this one right now. And I'm still kind of debating in my head whether or not they should have made this or not. I might be a little bit higher on it. I'm not sure where it would fall in my rankings yet either. I think where this one suffers a little bit is in its premise. Like the foundation's a bit rocky for me because... They keep saying in the movie that this is a requel, which means it's, you know, like half a reboot and half a sequel. And I think when by the time the credits rolled, I was left wanting more from the original characters, which is obviously, you know, the sequel part of it. And then I also wish that I could have gotten to know the new characters better, which is the reboot part of it. So I feel like the fact that they were doing both at the same time almost canceled each other out at times because they couldn't service both. Um but I still think overall it's a really good movie. I had a super fun time in the theaters. Again, Nev Campbell, like, does she not want to be in these movies or do they just really have no idea what to do with her? She's barely in it. So if you're a big fan of hers, that's something to know going in. I think the only original character that gets time to shine is David Arquette as Dewey because he's the only one that they really give anything meaningful to do. And then a lot of the new characters I had a good time with. So overall, the meta-ness is still there. It's still funny when it wants to be. And there are some good kills and scares along the way. So it still has, you know, the good things about what makes a good Scream movie. Um, and then the last thing I would say is, also, I know you talked a little bit earlier about how uh, as the sequels went on, you felt they were a bit predictable. I don't know if you were talking about the killers, at least, because this was the first one for me where I kind of had a feeling like who it was just kind of based on casting and then kind of the performers, like the way they were playing their characters. I was like, they seem sketchy. They're probably the killer. And then it turns out at the end, I was right. So that was a little bit disappointing, but again, overall enjoyed this movie. Wow. I did not expect this, but I love scream five. I had a blast with this one in the theaters. Um, I kind of wish the sequels didn't exist after seeing this one. I wish it was just scream one and then scream five. I think, I would feel way more positively about this franchise. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought the performances of our newcomers are really good. I think they have some of the best character moments of any of the sequel films. I really enjoyed the connection to the legacy characters and how they were kind of sprinkled in. I did want more, certainly from Sydney and Gail Weathers, but what we got, I was actually pretty happy with. I thought there were actually some really good scares in this one. Like I actually did jump, which I cannot say about any of the Scream movies. None of them have made me jump in the past. Um, It's really funny when it wants to be. And I had a really good time with the killer reveal and the actual killer's motivation, I think, has makes the most sense since the since the original Scream One. Yeah. So for me, as someone who's not very high on this franchise, um, I had a great time with this one and, and a way better time than I expected to walking into it. I actually agree with most of what you said there. Yeah. Um, while I didn't love the reveal of the killers, I was really intrigued by their motivations. I think you're right; those are probably the best, maybe with the exception of the first one, although they're different. But yeah, I think there's a lot to like here. I definitely agree with that part. I mean, despite what I said with my negatives, I still had a great time watching it. It was a good theater experience. And I think it was my first time seeing a, a Scream movie in theaters, too. All right. So this is going to be fun, guys. Sounds like we each have pretty widely varying opinions on this one. So we're going to have to break everything down and see where we're fully at, which means everybody out there listening, 
We're going to officially drop our spoiler warning. So if you've not seen Scream, make sure you go check it out and then come on back to our episode to see what we thought. And don't behave. If you go to the theaters, don't behave like the moviegoers did in Scream 2. Clearly, whoever put that film together had never been to a movie theater in their life. (laughs) If you see somebody getting stabbed in front of you in a movie theater, make sure you help them instead of letting sweet Jada Pinkett die. (laughs) All right. Welcome to Spoiler Territory. Before we get into all our thoughts, Austin and Keith, how about you hit me up with the cast and crew? All right. So this is, of course, the first Scream movie not to be directed by Wes Craven. Our directors this time around are Matt Benatelli-Open and Tyler Gillette. Uh, These two are most well-known for Ready or Not and VHS. Our writers are James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. Vanderbilt worked on the Amazing Spider-Man franchise, and Busick was a writer on the show Castle Rock. And our movie score is composed by Brian Tyler. You may know him from some MCU projects, the Fast and Furious franchise, Yellowstone, and its prequel, 1883. And, of course, based on characters originally created by Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson. All right. Going into our cast, we have Nev Campbell as the original Sidney Prescott, David Arquette as Dewey Riley. Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter, Jack Quaid as Richie, Dylan Minnette as Wes Hicks, Marley Shelton returns as Sheriff Judy Hicks, Mikey Madison as Amber, and we also got Roger L. Jackson returning as the voice of Ghostface, and Ski Ulrich returning as Billy Loomis. All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives? What do we got? Um, I have a positive and a negative. My positive is David Arquette. Had a blast with him in this one. Yeah. I think this is his best performance as Dewey in any any of the screen movies. Mm-hmm. And then my negative, I hate to say it, but Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, I think she's good for majority of the movies, but when she's asked to do emotional scenes, uh, her performance for me ventures into the territory of overacting. And I, I just didn't really buy any of her emotional scenes. Completely agree on both fronts there. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go and echo Austin on David Arquette. I think he was probably my favorite performance of uh, this movie. And like you said, Austin, of the branch of his performances as Dewey uh, in the entire franchise so far. I'll shut up this negative, but I don't know if this is a negative for the performance. I think maybe the writing. And that is Jack Quaid as Richie. I just think there was definitely some moments where... He gave away that he is one of the killers pretty early on, at least for me. Yeah. Um, there was definitely some facial expressions. I don't know if, if they if they wrote him to do that or if he did that. I don't know. But I feel like he just kind of gave away his cover pretty early in the movie, which I didn't really enjoy because obviously you want the mystery behind it the whole time. I do think he has some of the best comedic scenes in the movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, I liked them through most, mostly throughout. It's just that little nitpicky thing right there is kind of what I didn't like. Yeah, well, I'll make it three for three then. I think the best person in this movie is David Arquette as Dewey. agree with Austin. This is his best performance as the character so far. I like that they kind of pulled back a little bit of his goofiness and made him more of a character, which kind of makes sense in the the fact that this is the one where he finally uh, bit it, unfortunately, at the hands of Ghostface. So they kind of made it a bit more emotional by kind of making him more of an actual character instead of like a lovable doofus, who he is. And uh, I'll actually echo... Both of the other things you guys said, I I like Melissa Barrera and what I've seen her in before, but this one, yeah, I, I didn't love this for her. I didn't really love the character even, and I'm kind of with you, Austin, in some of those more emotional moments. It ranged from like very just 
kind of weirdly overacting to like by the end when she's thanking Sydney and Gail, she's just like completely monotone. So it's kind of kind of odd. I kind of wish they would have made Jenna Ortega as Tara maybe more of the focus because I actually thought she was. I was thinking that too. Yeah, I thought she was great. Uh, So that was unfortunate. Wanted more of her. And then to echo what you said, Keith, about Jack Quaid as Richie, I, I didn't feel that way, but he was the one that I mentioned at the beginning that his casting in this movie kind of felt like a dead giveaway. Obviously, that's not his fault, but because he was like part of the boys and he just seemed like more well known than everybody else, I was kind of like, he'll probably be the killer. But I will agree with you completely. Just apply that logic to Mikey Madison as Amber. I just thought every scene she was in, they wrote her to be so sketchy. And I was like, I kind of feel like she's the killer. And part of me was wondering if they were doing it on purpose to have her be revealed sooner and then just have another killer or killers. So I thought they were trying to throw us off the scent. So I was pretty disappointed when she was revealed to, nope, she's just one of the two killers. So yeah, a little bit predictable. Uh, I don't know if that's her fault or the writing. So that was a shame. I actually feel the reverse about what you said about Jack Quaid. Mikey Madison's casting with her having been in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. That was the one where I was like, oh, she's easily the killer in this one. Yeah. She got lit on fire again. All right. Well, there's our cast and crew. As always, we got to check in on what the critics thought about Scream. That's right. So Scream has received mostly positive reviews since premiering exclusively in theaters. It currently has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes with the critical consensus being The fifth Scream finds the franchise working harder than ever to maintain its meta edge and succeeding surprisingly often. The film is doing great at the box office despite Omicron surges. It only cost $24 million to make and has already grossed $30 million just after the opening weekend. Positive reviews focused on the film's meta-ness, commentary on making a Scream sequel in 2022, and quote, a fun return to one of horror's best franchises. Uh, The film is self-aware with smart references to the originals, but also does enough to stand on its own. Most of the performances were praised, particularly Jenna Ortega and the original cast. The scares are creative and Ghostface feels intimidating on screen. And finally, the third act concludes in satisfying fashion. The negative reviews felt the film focuses more on being meta than telling a good story, poor performances from the Scream newcomers, and trying to be too clever for its own good. Specific criticisms include the mystery fails to do anything new for the franchise, the film is too desperate for fan approval, And lastly, a review from Roger Ebert pondered if Wes Craven would have gotten better performances from the young cast. All right. Definitely some interesting points there on both sides. What do you guys want to call out specifically? The film is self-aware with smart references to the originals, but also does enough to stand on its own. Does it bring back some scream nostalgia? Of course it does. But I was also, I think, liking it more as its own kind of reboot, maybe. And maybe that's kind of where I'm struggling with this movie. Yeah, like I said, kind of in the intro... Uh, I, I really agree with the praise of the film being meta. For me, the meta-ness and the comment and, and jokes about it being a requel, all that just really hit for me this time around. And, and it really hasn't hit for me in the past Scream movies. I did find it pretty interesting, though, that the positive reviews praise the meta-ness and the negative reviews also critique the meta-ness. So it seems like it's either going to work for you or it's not. Yeah, I think maybe it's something we can talk about more, but maybe they just went too far in some aspects. Like, is it really funny that Ryan Johnson in this world directed Stab 8 and that was the one that everybody hated? Yes. But then when you're also talking about Star Wars and The Last Jedi in the movie, it kind of made me wonder, eh, maybe that was a step too far. I still liked it. Uh, The two things that jumped out to me on the positive side, uh, the scares being super creative and Ghostface kind of having a bit more of a scary intimidating presence in this one definitely felt that way the kills i thought were great in this one super creative and new um and a lot gorier than i was expecting um but then on the negative side like the whole thing with 
I guess I already kind of mentioned it, but like the mystery aspect and the killer reveal didn't feel like they were doing anything new, but um, it didn't like damper my experience or anything, but that did stand out to me. I, I agree with that. The intensity of the gourd, they definitely upped it a notch with this one. I feel like in all the other screams, it was always just like quick stabs and kills. And this one, it was like slower, more disturbing kind of murders uh, mm-hmm. with each one as it went along. Uh, it was kind of hard to watch at some at some points. There's way more attention with Ghostface 2 in this one, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes in the movie that felt like peak scream to me because it was really funny, but also like the tension was building was when Dylan Minnette as Wes is going through his house and his mom is racing home to save him and he has no idea. It's really funny that every time he opens a door and closes it, there's nothing there. But then at the same time, you're like, I mean, is Ghostface going to show up? And then he just brutally gets stabbed through the throat and it's like, oh my God. So that was like an iconic scream moment for sure. That's that's my standout sequence of the movie. I was really excited to talk to you guys about that one. I thought that scene was perfect. And also the, the scene before that too with, with uh, Sheriff Hicks racing home too. When when he pops out and stabs her in the driveway. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Yep. Yeah, it's always interesting seeing they've never shied away from having Ghostface in daylight, which is something I like about Scream. He can still be scary even though it's not like always nighttime or like they're always in a house. Like Ghostface in the middle of the day just out standing in a yard killed somebody and it was still scary i think that what makes like the the original four screens classics is their repeated sequence of events whether you think that's good or bad you know with it always starting out with the first kill the first phone call and then it goes into the intro of the characters and then the the rest of the murders and then the wrap up with the with the with the reveal of who's ghost face did that format work for you guys going throughout the whole screams, including this one, even though there is a slight change in this one with the fact that Tara did not, did not actually die in the beginning, she actually lives. Did that uh, same format work the whole time, or were you, were you kind of wanting something different throughout each sequel? Yeah, I think the interesting part of that question is not does the format work, because I think we know it does. It's also like, does it still work? Like, should this have changed it up even more, I guess, is something that kind of comes to my mind. I think... Because watching this movie, it is, like you said, Keith, it is still kind of following the same formula and same beats. Yeah, you have like little surprises in there, like Tara not dying at the beginning, which is cool. If only they could have done that for our boy, Liev Shriver as Cotton Weary. We wanted wanted more of him. We wanted more. I hate that character. (laughs) Yeah, it makes no sense. (laughs) I I love it, though. He gets out of jail and is just desperate to go on the news (laughs) with Sydney. His his use in screen two is bonkers to it's me crazy. i don't know what it's they insane. were thinking he's got it's some insane. hilarious lines though <laughs> oh yeah barbara walters is looking real good right now huh sydney <laughs> yeah he's gonna let her die basically um but yeah i think for me maybe they just found you know kevin williamson and west craven found that winning formula because even though they're like beat for beat doing the same thing i still have such a good time with it and it sounds like uh for you austin this one worked maybe the best so yeah, I don't think they need to change it up too much as long as there's little surprises along the way. I think also another thing that worked for me is in, in the other Scream movies, it's always characters explaining how to survive a horror movie. But I like that the little twist on this one was how to survive a stab movie. And it's David Arquette explaining how to survive his own movie. I, I thought that little tongue-in-cheek this was a really nice change for me in this one. I guess one change, and I know I know it's never fun to critique a movie for not doing what you are hoping. We should only review what it actually did. But the one kind of element of the formula that I kind of want them to change, were you guys disappointed at all that it was just two killers again? Like, were you hoping that maybe they would do something a little bit different with Ghostface? Not necessarily like 
it has to be five killers this time. But I don't know. I Part of me was a little bit disappointed. Not I know we already talked about the reveal, but the fact that it was just two again. Is that something that you think they need to kind of stick to or should they kind of change that up going forward, do you think? They already have precedent for changing it, right? Because in Scream 3, it's just one killer. Yeah. Or am I mistaken there? No, so they, right. they could have easily done something different with this one. I mean, it's not that that didn't work for me. I just thought both of the actors' performances in those closing sequences were really good, so I enjoyed it. Yeah. The one that actually did work for me in this one was Ghostface coming back for one last scare. Seeing Mikey Madison run back into the room one last time, like smoldering from being lit on fire. Like, I thought that was a really fun sequence. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, another thing I thought was fun about Ghostface, which I'm trying to remember if they did this between Scream 2 and 4, and I can't remember, but it definitely stood out here as a highlight, is I like that Roger L. Jackson, as the voice of Ghostface, got to do the same thing as in the original, where when Tara and he are first talking, it's just kind of a guy, you know what I mean? And then it becomes like really scary and Ghostfacey and all that stuff. So I like that he went back to that whole original thing. That, made it, that always made the opening of Scream so scary, that he just sounds like a normal guy talking to Drew Barrymore, and then he's like, I want to see what your insides look like. He's like, oh my God. So they definitely had that vibe for sure. So great start to the movie, great opening. So I, I know we kind of touched on how much we really enjoyed David Arquette in this movie, uh, but let's go a little bit further there. What about Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell? How'd you guys feel about the way the legacy characters were used? I don't know, man. I, I, think, it, I think it was a little bit depressing that they, that they killed Dewey off. I feel like maybe they felt they had to. One of them has to die yeah. at some point. They wrote it in a way because he was separated from Gale at the beginning of this one. So I guess it was they were kind of leading into that, like, oh, something's going to happen to him. I guess it also kind of makes sense that it had to be him because it was kind of getting a little bit comical that at least, I can't remember about Scream 3, but for sure in Scream 1 and 2, he is stabbed by Ghostface like at least once and you keep expecting him to die. So he's had two, like, you know, just lucky encounters, which obviously, you know, Sydney and Gale have come close to. But since he actually, we watched him on screen, like get attacked by Ghostface, I guess it was time for him to actually die in this attack, I guess. I did like in that scene, though, when Ghostface said it was an honor. That was cool. Such a brutal death, though. Yeah. So while I thought David Arquette was great in the movie and they used him super well, like you said, Austin, he kind of fulfilled the Randy role from the original movies where he's the one kind of explaining the rules. Um, but I was just so disappointed that to me, they fell into the exact same pitfalls that the originals did with like the Sydney and Gale characters. Um, like I talked about with Scream 3, like she's in a couple flashes of her and then she doesn't enter the movie really until an hour in. And this one, we see her talking on the phone with Dewey and then she shows up like, I don't know, halfway through the movie. And I just kept wanting them to do more with her. And then I was also disappointed because while I really like Scream 4, I, I always was a little bit disappointed by the fact that Gale, like halfway through the movie, gets um, attacked by Ghostface and then spends the rest of the movie just like in a hospital bed. Uh, so I was a little bit disappointed that there's this great scene at the end of the movie where like Sydney and Gale are like arming themselves and they're going to go into the house and then Amber runs out and like it's cool to see them on top of it. Like, is this a trap? And I hated that they commented on it and then Gale is immediately shot. And then she's like not really part of a lot of the finale because of that. She does come in later, but I was kind of like they made the same mistakes, in my opinion, they did in Scream 3 and 4 with how they handled those characters. So I, I wanted to see a little bit more of them used. Yeah, going into Sydney, do you think it was warranted for her to even be there at all? Because there wasn't that much motivation, I guess. That's also probably why they killed Dewey to have 
an actual reason for her to come back to Woodsboro. That actually did work for me because at the beginning of the movie, Dewey says, you know, don't come here. There's no reason for you to come here. You've got a family now. And I think Dewey's death or or somebody else's death that's close to her is, is one of the reasons that would have gotten her back into Woodsboro. So using Dewey's death in that manner to get Sidney Prescott back, I thought was really interesting. I did like that they spent a lot of time with the new characters since this kind of is a reboot. I'm glad that this kind of was the new characters' movies. But I did also agree with you, Matt, that I was expecting at least Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell to have more scenes in this one than they did. Yeah, I did like them while they were there. Like, I really loved seeing the evolution of Sidney Prescott. Loved a lot of her scenes, like when she's going through the house and just shooting each door because she's not going to be jumped by Ghostface. And then when Ghostface calls her, kind of like you said with uh, Ghostface saying, it was an honor to Dewey. Of course, we have to have a quick little scene where it's like, hello, Sydney. Um, but then I love that she was like, I'm bored, and then just hung up the phone. <laughs> like, So <laughs> I, I really liked both her and um, Gail Weathers like as characters. Like When they were there, they were used effectively, I thought. I just, you know, like you said, you know, it would have been nice to have a little bit more. Sydney clearing the house really made me think of Jamie Lee Curtis clearing the house in Halloween reboot mm. when she's locking down each room. So Michael Myers can't come up behind her. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about coming back to the same house from Scream 1? Cool idea. Cool callback. Didn't really yeah. care all that much. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, our legacy characters and a little bit about the new cast. We called out some of them as positive, some as negatives. But let's get into a little bit more because there's even more that we haven't mentioned. Of course, we have... The Meeks, Randy Meeks's niece and nephew, who I don't know, like, did it work for you guys? Like the new cast, Mindy Meeks, I thought was great. I liked her playing that same role as Randy. Thought she was really fun. And then Dylan Manette as Wes Hicks, I also thought he was really good too. I liked him being the prepared friend that everyone was making fun of, but trying to actually be smart <laughs> in the situation they were in. Yeah, and I'm with you. I think I liked Jasmine as uh, Mindy Meeks. Uh, yeah, she kind of played that nerdy <laughs> character uh, who was kind of. A little bit distant from everybody else. And then yeah, the guy who played Chad, I think he had a good performance. I like, just kind of played a douchebag. But the character of Chad kept getting on my nerves for some reason. <laughs> I didn't care at all about Chad and Liv. I don't know why they were in the movie. And why did he come back? He got stabbed like eight times. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> just, yeah, I actually liked him. I thought uh, Mason Gooding, I think he's actually Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. I thought he was pretty good in the movie. He was making me laugh and... It just had like such like a <laughs> stupid but funny um like teenager moment when he's making out with his girlfriend and it's like, Do you wanna take this upstairs? <laughs> and then he's totally cool making out with her, but he can't do that because he doesn't trust her. She might be the killer. <laughs> that was so funny. I don't know what that story was between his girlfriend and that Vince guy. I was just gonna say that. Who was this? That guy's guy? like forty. Yeah, he, why I guess was got he, with a teenager. Why was he even in the movie? He literally shows up to like wave at her in the parking lot. And then he's at the bar for some reason. And then he immediately dies. And also, I was looking this up on Wikipedia. I guess they missed a mention. I guess I missed it. He's Stu's, like, nephew, I think. So, like, they, they, they made time to call him out, like, as well, being related to the original killers. But then I don't even know what the point of that character was. <laughs> like, died immediately. I thought he was the worst character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I know I've talked a little bit being disappointed um, about, like, the killer reveals, but I actually do think Jack Quaid and Mikey Madison, the best performances they give in the movie are after being revealed. I thought they were I agree. pretty sadistic and intimidating and actually really like those performances in particular. And I do like how this this one brought like more of a modern touch to it because we hadn't seen Scream since 2011, I believe. 
Richie and uh, Amber, how they kind of explained why they became Ghostface from like online chat rooms and stuff like that. And that's actually something I think that really worked for me with the killers is in this age of, of really toxic fandom, like with Ryan Johnson's Star Wars and the Snyder Cut folks and all that. Um, the killer's motivations just really worked for me here of just wanting to make their own stab movie because they thought the most recent one was so bad. What did you guys think of this classic scream reveal and, uh, and the way the sequence plays out? Yeah, again, I know I've talked about it too much. Uh, the reveal itself, like as to who it was, didn't really care for, didn't surprise me at all. But whenever they were kind of getting into why, I was like, oh, this is actually a really strangely relevant and timely motivation. And I definitely agree with you, Austin. Uh, I think it's by far the best killer motivation since the original. Uh, nothing will ever beat Skeet Ulrich saying he had no motivation and then basically just being a whiny baby that Sidney's mom slept with his dad. The, the only thing that could beat that is uh, peer pressure, which is why Stu is a killer. <laughs> but uh this one was really good. Uh, I liked how they kind of planted seeds throughout the movie, kind of talking about the Stab franchise, of course, the franchise within the franchise, and how basically they felt Stab 8 was so bad uh, that they had to become killers to give essentially new source material that was akin to the original, so that I guess Stab 9 could almost be like a reboot, so that they could make a movie more like the original Stab. And then the fact that this movie, Scream, is just called Scream and is like a reboot of Scream, I thought, I mean, that was super clever to me, the way that they kind of were working in tandem. So the killer motivation and like Jack Quaid kind of laying it all out, I thought was super cool. Really liked that. Um, also, kind of like the weird, um, the revealed Jack Quaid, obviously an older guy, and clearly there was some romantic interest, I guess, in this high school girl that they met on some weird forums. So I thought that was kind of a interesting uh, twist that we haven't really seen with the killers before. So that worked for me too. Yeah. Specifically with Jack Quaid's character. I think it's really fun. If you think back to him watching all the stab movies in this movie and getting really upset about how bad the most recent one, and then finding <laughs> out that he was the killer and he really hates the most recent one that, yeah. that just really makes me laugh when I think about it. And the fact that there's like eight movies, <laughs> I don't know why there's so many. <laughs> I also like that Gail isn't going to play into it either. I like at the end how she was like, I'm not going to write about any of this. I'm just going to write about an old sheriff that used to live here. Heard he was a nice guy. So I like that they're kind of going to be what happened. They're not going to, you know, add to the source until or anything. So that was good. Like a nice little button at the end there. Yeah. I like that. She said they could stay anonymous. It's really going to hurt the future of the stab franchise though. It's a shame. Do you guys think scream kills is going to be good? God, as long as Anthony Michael Hall is nowhere near, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, so before we get kind of to our ending thoughts and close out here, I just wanted to ask you guys anything that we haven't talked about. Were there any scenes or character moments that you thought especially stood out along the way? I think the hospital sequence when Ghostface comes back for Tara is really fun, really tense, really slow. I was like wanting to punch dude in the face when he's like, I'm going to go back. It's like you're being an idiot. You're breaking <laughs> your own rules. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, I think that sequence was great. I did like the scenes where whenever Sam and Richie visit Dewey at his little trailer house that he was living yeah. in, and he's watching Gale on TV. Very creepily. He's saying good morning to the TV. It's like, yeah. Dewey, <laughs> Dewey, you gotta move on, man. <laughs> yeah. I did kind of like that scene, though, that it just kind of showed the, the evolution and how it wasn't really a happy ending for him and Gale. That's another very weird tradition about this franchise, is that Gale and Dewey are never on the same page in any of the movies. I was literally just going to bring that up. As much as we love... 
love David Arquette as the iconic Deputy Dewey. Even though I guess he's a sheriff now, he'll always be Deputy Dewey to me. He's not a great partner, is he? <laughs> like, no, neither is Gail. She's writing books about how he's an incompetent sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I mean, though, is uh, the one, another I talked about, kind of the pitfalls that the original characters fell into writing-wise. Another one is just that I have to feel kind of bad for Gail, though, because she made it pretty clear she never wanted to live in Woodsboro, and she keeps getting these amazing job opportunities. And I guess Dewey is just like, no, we can't even try it. Like, they call that out in this one. <laughs> like, he tried to help her out for two months. And so, like, in Scream 4, she just basically has to live in Woodsboro because Dewey can't live anywhere else, I guess. And then in this one, that's why they broke up and Dewey's surprised. <laughs> just weird. Um, you talked about that, that trailer scene. Another laugh out loud moment for me uh, was whenever he texts Gail. <laughs> Ghostface is back. Don't come. And then separate text. Hope you're doing well, smiley face. <laughs> so after everything we've covered, we need to decide the verdict. Should they have come back with a sequel to begin with? Were you good with the original four? But if you did like this one, are we wanting to see more? Mine's pretty simple. I hate all the Scream sequels. So for me, I'm glad they came back with this one because I, I really did enjoy this one. I don't want to see more, though. I think they struck gold with this one. We've seen it once already with the Halloween reboot. To try to do more. You don't usually strike gold twice. So I would kind of, I would hope that they would leave it with this one. But studios like their money, so they won't. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Did they need to come back with this one, especially since Wes Craven did all of them and then he died after four? I guess the answer is no. They didn't need to. But I'm kind of with you, Austin. I'm glad they did because you know it's been another ten years, so it's fun to catch up with the old characters. And even though I didn't love the movie or anything, I still thought it had the scares when it needed to, had the laughs. I liked what they did with the old characters, even though I wish they were in it more. Uh, and then the new characters, there's definitely a lot of fodder there, um, like not a lot of room for those actors to kind of breathe. But the ones that did get more screen time, I was interested in enough. So I might have to go the opposite of Austin, though, because I do actually kind of want to see more um, because now I feel like we have a good core cast of characters here. The idea of Ghostface coming back again and you can have um, Sydney, maybe Gail comes back. I don't know if she would just because Dewey's gone and it sounds like she has no interest. So I don't know how you bring her in. But then I like the Sam and Tara combination, especially with that ending with Sam. It feels like they might lean into her like being Ghostface at some point. I don't know uh, because of how brutal she can be. And then I do like, you know, the Meeks kids enough that I'd like to see them come back since they both survived. So I actually, I think I would like to see more, yeah. And we already read earlier that this one has already made its uh, production budget back. So I have to imagine they'll probably fast track something. We'll see. And that was the big thing with Scream 4 was before Wes Craven died, they had 5 and 6 in production, but it was depending on the success of 4. Uh, 4 tanked at the box office, and then all the stuff with Harvey Weinstein happened. Who, his company used to own the rights to this franchise. So it took a long time for this movie to become available. Uh, but with Russ Craven passing and the rights to the film transferring to Spyglass, they were then able to make this new one. I think I was good with the original 4. Uh, they didn't really need this one, but I'm glad they came back at a good time with it. I think it'd be funny just to, for them to keep making it in order to stay in line with the stabs. I mean, if they want to keep oh, working in tandem yeah. with their comedic... Uh, fictional franchise that they made in the movies. I think it'd be funny just to continue it uh, forward, maybe for a few more. It seemed like at the end there with Sydney, they were kind of almost implying that they want to do more uh, just with her being like, I always survive and like that kind of thing. So 
I don't know. I hope if they do a sixth one that she doesn't, she doesn't have to be the main character. I just, by God, please tell a good Sydney story again. <laughs> All right. Before we get out of here, guys, let's go ahead and rank the Scream franchise. Austin, would you like to start since you're so fresh on all of these? Yeah, I guess I'll go Scream 1, Scream 5. Ugh. I thought you were just going to stop there. <laughs> like, and who cares about the others? Honestly, I guess tied for last, I'll go Scream 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> I can't decide between the three of them. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, I guess I'll go. Uh, my top two are definitely the same. I think Scream 1's pretty untouchable. Genuinely great movie. Masterpiece in terms of what... It was going for and they nailed it. I don't think anything's ever going to beat that. So it's my number one. I think I would also put Scream 5 at number two. I don't love it, but I also don't love the sequels either. I think I have way more fun with Scream 2, 3, and 4. But as a movie, I think this one's cleaner. Uh, number three, I would go Scream 4. Number four, Scream 3, because it's just so funny. I love it. And then la Dead Last is Scream 2. I, I don't like that one very much at all. Uh, yeah, for me, it'll be Scream 1, of course. Then Scream 3. Scream 3 has always been a favorite of mine as well. Uh, I just like how they had it with the with the movie set and it playing along with the Stab movies. I thought that was fun. And that one gave us Patrick Dempsey, Keith, and we can never forget that. Which I guess he and Sydney, I guess he and Sydney are married. I think they name dropped him. So good job, Patrick. Uh, so after Scream 3, then I'll go this one, Scream 5. Then I'll go 4 and then 2. Two is, two is really bad. It's not good. <laughs> two made me not want to watch the remaining two. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, there's our ranking. Let us know what yours is. Uh, but yeah, we got to do some awards, guys. I think there's a lot to praise and potentially call out as bad in this movie. So we have to give our Arnie's Awards. Who wants to start us off? I can't believe I have to do this. This is only our third show of 2022. Oh, no. But I have to give an award to this man. <gasps> The Mark Hamill most improved oh. actor of the Scream franchise is going to David Arquette. Yes. This man wow. is incredible in Scream 5. I thought he was a really, really bad actor <laughs> until I saw Scream 5. And now I'm actually impressed with David Arquette's acting ability. And he always had that really terrible baby mustache. They kind of filled it out better in this movie, I felt. I think it's very fitting for David Arquette, too, because in my mind, Mark Hamill and David Arquette, pretty similar actors. Has anybody ever said that, do you think? I could see him as Luke Skywalker. <laughs> God. <laughs> My award is going to be the Wolverine Healing Award, and that goes to Gail and Sydney because if you remember, Sydney got stabbed in the house at the end, and Gail got shot. After everything's wrapped up, it cuts to them sitting at the tail end of an ambulance with no bandages. And no one's paying attention to their wounds at all. They're all they're already fine. I think Tara got the same injury that Sydney did, and she's. Literally on a stretcher in the back of an ambulance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think for me, guys, I don't want to give this award, but when you do it twice, I think you have to call it out. I like the guy, guys, but I have to give the Franchise Ruiner Award to Ryan Johnson. First, he ruins my precious Star Wars, and now stab. How dare you? <laughs> God, Ryan Johnson, do you think he might be Ghostface in the next one? At least the Johnson cut. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back next week for another episode. And everybody, in just a few weeks... 
Let us know your thoughts on The Peacemaker Show and The Boba Fett Show, because we will be checking in on the finales of both of those shows. Lastly, we want to hear from you, so please send us a message on Instagram at The Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What's your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scream movie? Should David Arquette retire from acting? <laughs> Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. All right. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Deputy Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Sid. <laughs>